And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Do you want to thank R&B Car Company? If you're looking for a used vehicle, go to rbcarcompany.com. And my wife is asking me for another car. So we're perusing their inventory as we speak, ladies and gentlemen. Again, go to rbcarcompany.com. Let them know that I sent you. Um, U.S. women's soccer team took a knee to show support for BLM again. And then they lost to Sweden. Three to zero, which ended a 44-game winning streak. Yay. <clears throat> uh, do you see that the, uh, the U.S. gymnastics team is moving out of the Olympic Hotel because everybody in the Olympic Hotel is coming down with COVID. <laughs> so the, the gymnastics team, which is already, I think, what, two or three alternates, right? Um, two or three alternates have now come down with, with COVID for the U.S. gymnastics team. So they, they're moving out of the hotel, and they're going to try and get away from, from everybody else. Which, look, I mean, it makes sense, okay? You know, there's a, there's a lot of places where COVID is, is in a different state uh, in their country. And, you, you know, you do the best you can, obviously, to not come to Japan and, and infect everybody. But, you know, it's hard. You got people from, what, you know, hundreds of different countries that are there. So that's going to be an issue to deal with. But, yep, they kneeled for the national anthem. U.S. women's soccer team lost 3-0 to Sweden. So 44-game winning streak. Gone. Just like that. All right. Was I wrong about Black Rifle Coffee? For the record, I think I gave probably one of the most fair assessments of the controversy with Black Rifle Coffee yesterday, I think, of anybody. Um, I'm just going to say this now because I know it's going to come up. Dana Lash, who I have great respect for, gave an interview to Evan Hafer and Matt Best on her show on The First, which is a company that I have tremendous respect for. Um, I actually inquired about working with the first when they first launched and I would still love to work with them in the future. Some of my friends are over there at the first. I think it's a great network. I like what they're doing. With that said, Dana Lash is sponsored by Black Rifle Coffee. And Dana Lash, um, if that sponsorship is still currently active, probably shouldn't have been the one to do that interview. And the interview, with all due respect, was hot garbage and trash. It was very unprofessional. Uh, this was an interview where the host was leading somebody that they have and or, well, have in the past and may have a financial interest in now, leading questions, steering the interview. And I, I found myself cringing quite a bit watching it. And I don't say that. A lot about Dana Lash. I like her a lot. I really do. And I know that this is going to come off as harsh, but my job, first and foremost, is to be honest with all of you about how I see things. And the reason that I'm bringing that up is when they did that interview, I started watching a lot of people who witnessed that interview just immediately jump on the, the New York Times is lying bandwagon. It's an easy bandwagon to get on. It's the New York Times, and this is Black Rifle Coffee, and we love Evan, and we love Matt, right? We love the company. They, they stand for patriotism, supporting the military, supporting law enforcement, and fun. There's nothing wrong with that. I told you yesterday when I was talking about this, I have tremendous respect for Evan. I am a big fan of Matt Best. 
and Black Rifle Coffee up until a couple months ago is my favorite company in the world. I just like the way that they do things. Now, what has happened is, after that interview, in that interview, Evan and Matt claimed that the New York Times completely lied in the article, took things out of context. It was fake news. All right. Like I said, this is a really easy thing for people to look at and go, okay, we get it. And as I said yesterday, they should know better than to frivolously accuse people of white supremacy or bigotry because they themselves have been accused of this falsely. They've made parody songs about it, which are great, by the way. So I'm very conflicted talking about this. And I, I realize that some of you, I've gotten a couple of this too. I realize that some of you are like, oh, okay, so you have your own coffee. You're just trying to do what they did to Starbucks. I'm going to be crystal clear on this. I have two flavors of coffee that are made by Tacoa Coffee. I get no money from the sales of that coffee. I do the live spot endorsements for Tacoa Coffee on this show, and I get paid the normal endorsement fee that I do for everything else. Okay, that's it. Usually do one a week for them. I love Jeff over at Tacoa. I love that company, and he worked with me to make my own coffee. But I don't get paid for that coffee. That's not like my company. It's his. So I don't have a vested interest here. And I know that some, I, I get why that was confusing, but I wanted to clarify that. The coffee is not my coffee that I have a website that I sell them and I make the full profits, okay? I, that all goes to Tacoa Coffee. So this isn't just a coffee competition thing. What I said yesterday stands today. I have tremendous respect for Black Rifle Coffee. I believe Evan Hafer, in his interview with the New York Times, said some things that were untrue because he was manipulated by news stories about Kyle Rittenhouse, the Proud Boys, and others. I do not believe his excuse that he was specifically talking about how he was targeted for this stuff and he hated those people. And when he was targeted for anti-Semitic stuff, and he was talking about that racism and that's what he was referring to. I don't believe it for a second. And here's why. Actually, no, I'm going to read you from this article first. Matt Margolis. Uh, Matt Margolis is another guy that has an interest with Black Rifle Coffee. He's writing an article at uh, PJ Media. Black Rifle Coffee did not go woke. Founder responds to misinformation. Ah, oh, crap. Here we go. Now I've got a problem with PJ Media. Black Rifle Coffee is a premium small batch roast-to-order veteran-owned coffee company based out of Utah. It has seen tremendous success over the past couple of years and has been dubbed the conservative alternative to Starbucks. But social media has been a buzz over the past few years regarding an interview Black, uh, few days, excuse me, that Black Rifle CEO Evan Hafer gave to the New York Times. In response to the interview, the post-millennial wrote that Black Rifle goes woke, throws customers under the bus, and bizarre New York Times interview. In addition, Newsmax said the company called out some of its customers as a repugnant group of people. And when I went over this yesterday, I was pointing out, I have zero problem with Evan going out there and saying, I don't want racists as my customers. I have no problem with that. My issue is that 
the way the article was presented, was he was applying that label to Kyle Rittenhouse, Proud Boys, and things like that, which are clearly not racist. That's the thing. That's the issue that I had with it. So from my perspective, it felt very much like Evan was simply regurgitating left-wing talking points that were propaganda against certain groups because he didn't know any better. And he shouldn't have done it. Conservatives on Twitter expressed outrage. They did. Thousands of people canceled their subscription. Thousands. I don't know. I don't know what else to say. But they go on to say, Evan Hafer decided to set the record straight regarding the significant amount of misinformation being put out on the Internet about Black Rifle Coffee and about statements that he has made. So I'm going to give this to you so you can make your own decision. And I'm going to tell you why I don't buy into it. Hafer quickly debunked the notion that he made derogatory remarks about BRCC's customers or conservatives and then proceeded to explain how the New York Times deliberately twisted his words and took them out of context. Again, it's the New York Times. Super easy for you to believe that that happened. I get it. And they may have very well done that with some of the stuff that he said. According to Hafer, his conversation with the New York Times magazine reporter was in the context of racism and anti-Semitism in America in light of Hafer being a target of an organized attack last year because of his last name and his heritage. We were purely discussing that, Hafer said. And he was not conflating those groups with conservatives. Okay. You can go and you can watch all of the interviews, the responses that he posted on Instagram and what have you. Here's why I'm having issues with this. When the New York Times article came out with all of this stuff that they now say was fake news and and misinformation and taken out of context and all of that, they retweeted the article and they shared the article on their social media uncritically. So Evan and Black Rifle Coffee, they proudly shared, hey, we were in the New York Times. Here's our latest interview. They didn't offer an explanation that the New York Times took them out of context when they shared the article. They didn't say, whoa, we gave an interview at the New York Times and they totally lied about us. This isn't true, this isn't true, and this isn't true. They didn't do that. They just shared the article. Which leads me to believe one of two things. He's lying now. Or they didn't read the article before sharing it, knowing full well, as he's admitted in these subsequent interviews, that the New York Times usually does hit pieces on conservatives. (sighs) So, again, I don't like talking about this. I really don't, because I've always had tremendous respect for all of them. I'm inclined to believe that they did not anticipate the backlash that they got. And he said this stuff in the New York Times. Is it possible the New York Times sultaned it up a little bit? Sure. Absolutely. I, I, you know, 100%. I could totally agree with that. But if the New York Times comes out with an article about you, you claim that you went back and forth on doing the interview because you know it's the New York Times and what the New York Times does to conservatives then why wouldn't you proofread the article before you shared it? Now, I suppose there could be an an honest explanation. Now, here's where, here's where 
I think that it could be possible, could be possible, that Evan is telling the truth. I wish, I wish that he would have read the article before it got shared, but with that said, what I would like to point out, Black Rifle Coffee's social media managers, liberals who donate to Democrats. I suppose that's possible. The social media manager, IC Al Tunisic, donates to Act Blue, donates to Biden, donates to Democrats, huge liberal. And and by the way, there's articles popping up in conservative sites, you know, saying, oh, see, we, we caught Black Rifle. They have all these liberals working for them. So what? Who cares? Do they do their job? Are they good people? Do they fit with the company? That's all that should matter. Okay, this notion that no liberal should work at Black Rifle Coffee or any other company that's conservative is, is ridiculous. I'm sorry, it's just stupid. But for me to believe this narrative that Evan is telling the truth now, for me to believe that, it would require me to point into Evan not telling his social media manager that he wants to proofread the article before posting it, and his social media manager intentionally damaging the company because they're a liberal and they wanted to damage... Um, Evan and they wanted to purge Black Rifle Coffee of all of these these customers, which threatens their job. Is that possible? I guess. Is it likely? Probably not. And I just haven't heard, I have not heard a legitimate explanation for how this could have happened. And I know that they're trying to do damage control and, you know, there's, for the sake of everybody who works over there, I hope that they're able to survive somehow, some way. Um, but it doesn't look good. So now what I've seen is I've, I've seen conservatives split right down the middle. There is the, oh, he was the New York Times. New York Times is evil. They didn't say any of this, which I'm sorry, requires not thinking about this critically at all. The other side is... um Evan and Matt and everybody at Black Rifle Coffee, they're just pretenders and this is all a scam to fool conservatives and steal your money, which is also just a really stupid thing to believe. But it goes back to what I was saying yesterday. If you're a company and you exist primarily because of your political position or your perceived political position don't rock that boat and as evan was saying in these interviews we know it's the new york times we know that they distort things we know this we know that we okay don't give them the interview um and and he said the only reason we did the interview is they were going to write the story anyway okay well let them write the story and then respond to how they wrote it don't give them ammunition For me, the most compelling evidence is that they promoted this article on their social media without offering clarifications, without pointing out any lies the New York Times had. And only a couple of days later, after everybody was ticked off about it, did they start saying, oh, the New York Times lied about us. Which, even if Evan is telling the truth, even if Black Rifle Coffee is telling the truth, to a lot of their customer base, it is going to look an awful lot like it's purely damage control, And they're only trying to save face because they didn't expect the backlash to be this bad.
They lose in either situation. So I stand by my position yesterday, but I've given you their side of the story and how I think their side of the story could be true. Suppose it's possible. I'm not buying it. This seems an awful lot like damage control to me. And the people that are writing the, the big pro Black Rifle articles and defending them right now are people who have received money from Black Rifle endorsements. And perhaps that's something that should be taken into consideration when you're stuff. More coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Once again, I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. And now I want I wanted to just say kind of one more thing here about the Black Rifle thing. Um, they didn't go out there and say, all conservatives are stupid. All, they didn't do that. And I know that it is being kind of portrayed that way by people who are now really mad at them. So they didn't do that. It was very narrowly defined. They were incorrect about the people that they were talking about in the article because of misinformation. But but it was it wasn't a broad based conservatives are evil. We hate conservatives. We don't want conservatives around there. That didn't happen. OK, so if that's what you're thinking happened. You should probably go back, read the article then watch their interview with Dana Lash yesterday, and then also watch Evan Hafer's Instagram video where he addressed the situation directly to his Instagram audience. Because I think you'll find some perspective there. So the notion that Black Rifle Coffee attacked all conservatives is nonsense. That did not happen. So you can still keep your conservative card and be a Black Rifle customer. You can do that. You'll be fine, okay? It's, it just depends on if anything specific in what was said triggers you in some way, okay? Um, and they still, they still make a great product. They still do great things for the veteran community. Uh, their advertisements are still funny. You know, all of those things are still going for the company. So just keep it in perspective because we've just seen this hyperbolic reaction on both sides of pro or anti black rifle coffee. And it's, it's really much more down in the middle. So do yourself a favor. Don't get yourself whipped up into a frenzy about it. But, but you know, somebody on the live stream said, look, if they're just honest with everybody, people will forgive. And right now they're not coming off as honest. That's the problem. They're, they're trying to say that the New York times just purely lied about them. But again, it just doesn't pass the smell test. Um, but at the same time, they didn't label all conservatives, all Trump supporters as, as bad people. That never happened. It was always narrowly defined to a couple of people that they believed were a problem uh, in their customer base or something of that nature. So, again, just keep that in mind before you, you, you know, make a decision on what you're going to do if you happen to be a Black Rifle cu- customer or if you're looking or considering being one in the future. Okay, Just keep that perspective. All right. Um, yeah, it's this is a mess. Really, we're talking about a coffee company as if it were a major news story, but it's so important to the audience. You know, it's just one of those th- things that that has to be has to be brought up and has to be dealt with. Uh, let's go to Georgia real quick. In Georgia, the House speakers demanded an independent forensic investigation into the 2020 election in Fulton County. The issues in Georgia continue to get worse. It's safe to assume, this is the Federalist Papers, it's safe to assume that no one anticipated Georgia flipping blue in the November election, and many still maintain that it never truly did. Um, I just, I saw an article 
yesterday that said the 2020 polls were the least accurate polls in 40 years. I'm not so sure. They're probably far more accurate than people realize, but because of all of this nonsense and shenanigans, it comes off as them not being accurate. Now, Georgia House Speaker David Ralston has indicated uh, that demands to find out exactly what went down in Fulton County during the 2020 election perhaps haven't gone unheeded. According to Just the News, uh, Ralston has demanded an investigation to determine if any irregularities or willful fraud occurred in Fulton County, which houses much of Atlanta. So there is that. Um, Hey, Josh, I'm having a brain fart. Do I need a break here for news or did I just come back for news? Okay, sorry. I had, I was just thinking I came back from a break. Sorry, guys. Uh, it's one of those days. All right, so again, they're calling for for a total audit in Fulton County only, and we'll see if it actually happens. But more fraud continues to get found in Georgia and Arizona. we got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. MNC News Time is 4.42, just a few hours before the first pitch. Major, Major League Baseball, if you haven't done so already, just pick up your phone, open up the Barstool Sportsbook app, and get your bet in now. It is official. Governor Whitmer has been stripped of her emergency powers. The proposal today uh, did, in fact, strip her of her powers. Now, the Senate voted on this a couple of days ago. The um, the House did it today. So the House of Representatives sealed the end of her powers today with a vote of 60 to 48. And, you know, what, six days ago, the Senate did it. God, has it really been six days? Democratic Representative Sam Steckhoff said petitions are meant to go on the ballot to voters instead of enacted through the legislature and contended petition gatherers lied to those who signed the petition. Wow, you are an imbecile. You realize you've gone to court over this twice, right? And the judge saw through it both times, right? They had an additional 140,000 signatures beyond what was needed, I believe. They didn't lie to anybody. You know who did lie? Gretchen Whitmer. She lied. And then the Supreme Court of the state struck down her powers, and she ignored that ruling. That's what happened, Representative. And as a result, it took, you know, basically a year and a half But as a result, it finally got taken care of. Representative Jack O'Malley, Republican of Lake Ann, said that Whitmer decided to go it alone against COVID-19, ignoring all input from the GOP-led legislature on her executive orders, which is 100% factually true. Representative Matt Hall, Republican of Marshall, said many Michiganders felt voiceless as Whitmer took unilateral orders with far-reaching consequences, saying that the petition restored needed balance between the co-equal branches of government. Exactly. Look, Governor Whitmer used two different laws to give herself universal, unfettered, and unexpiring power. One of those laws was unconstitutional. Plain and simple, according to the Supreme Court of the state, had nothing to do with anybody lying to the petitioners or whatever else these stupid Democrats want to bring up as some kind of an argument or a defense. That's not what happened. An inexperienced governor decided to take control over everything the state was doing with COVID 
and all she did was copy what New York did, and it has been a horrendous disaster. It got people killed. There's a federal investigation into Michigan continuing, even to this day, to break the law when it comes to reporting uh, nursing home deaths. It was her decision to put sick people in nursing homes, which she tried to blame on somebody else in her health department until we got emails leaked. Friendly reminder that as she was restricting all of your lives, her and her husband and her family were violating the restrictions that they were putting on you. So were members of her health team, for crying out loud. You can't go to restaurants. She could. You couldn't travel to your vacation home. Her husband could. You couldn't put your boat on the water. Her husband could. You couldn't go to spring break in Florida. She could. So could several of her senior health officials. This is, there isn't a defense here. We've got to get away from this automatic, visceral reaction of tribalism. We have to get away from this. This is so silly to have any representative stand up like Sam Steckloff and defend her from all of this. And say, oh, the people on the petition lied. No. You should have been doing your damn job and making sure that she wasn't continuously violating the U.S. and state constitutions as she was, according to the Michigan Supreme Court. You put yourself and you put your party above the people. This is a perfect and prime example of the political class versus you and me. It's all about the party. Everything is for the party. Sound familiar for you Orwell readers out there? Everything is the party. The party needs more money. The party needs more votes. The other party is evil. Our party is good. When we do the evil things that the other party does, we're doing it for good. Therefore, it's not evil anymore. But when they continue to do the same things that we do, it is no longer good. It is now evil. That stuff has to stop. It's tearing the country apart. It's destroying the country. And this hyper-partisan nonsense is ridiculous. Kudos to the Democrats, by the way, who did stand up to her throughout the pandemic because they were doing the right thing. Unfortunately, it wasn't enough because she made it impossible for the legislature to keep her in check. Illegally. And unconstitutionally. So finally, her powers have been revoked. Good. She'll find a way around it. Watch. Just wait and see. She'll find a way around it. She has no veto power here, by the way, because of the court ruling. Zero veto power. It's done. It's official. More coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. All right. A lot of people come up to me and and ask me a couple of really basic questions. I I find this a little strange, but it's, Casey, one, how can I be more like you? Uh, Casey, your personality is so magnetic. How can I get a great personality like yours? And the other question I get is, Casey, why is it that people are so attracted to your personality? And really, the answer to that is very, very simple. I go to Nutrition HQ and I pick up TB16. TB16 is it's a great tasting supplement. It's got a fat burner in it. It's got something that helps you not retain water, which prevents bloating. Um, it's also got a mood enhancer in there. And it's one of the reasons that I'm just such a likable guy and so easy to be around and why people are just drawn to me. And you can have people drawn to you too, but you have to go to Nutrition HQ 
5804, 5804 Grape Road in Mishawaka. Let them know that I sent you. And then you sign up for their free rewards program with my name attached to it, and you get 10% off. Just like that. See? You just mentioned me, you get 10% off. Super simple stuff. And if you get TB16s for men and women, by the way, and I did take a picture of it today because some people doubted that I, I would actually take TB16 with literally like a shot glass. Um, yeah, so I posted that on social media today. So if you didn't see it, go check it out on Instagram or Facebook. So you can see that, really, I use just a very small cup with some water in it. I prefer warm water. It mixes it better. It's just me. Cold water will work just fine. Um, and it's it's super good, super easy to take. I did that while my coffee was brewing, and then I went right into my coffee. So, again, if you have personality problems, <laughs> I know I'm tweaking you all here, go to Nutrition HQ, 5804 Grape Road. Let them know I sent you for 10% off. All right. <laughs> Uh, the January 6th commission, which is nonsense, shouldn't happen, is dumb, but this is all designed to keep you in a constant state of fear and panic. So Republicans were supposed to name who they wanted on the commission. And so McCarthy did. And McCarthy picked some really good people to go onto the commission. He picked Jim Jordan and Jim Banks, our guy, right? Yeah, well, Nancy Pelosi rejected... Representative Jim Jordan and Jim Banks to have seats on the January 6th commission. Oh, isn't that convenient? House Speaker Nancy Pelosi on Wednesday rejected two Republicans tapped by House Speaker, uh, not House Speaker, excuse me, House GOP leader Kevin McCarthy to sit on a committee investigating the January 6th Capitol insurrection. Of course, it wasn't an insurrection, but you need a dictionary. Uh, the decision McCarthy denounced as an egregious abuse of power. Yes, it is. McCarthy said the GOP won't participate uh, in the investigation if Democrats won't accept the members that he's appointed. McCarthy also said in a statement that Pelosi's move will damage the institution of Congress. Unless Speaker Pelosi reverses course and seats all five Republican nominees, Republicans will not be party to their sham process and will instead pursue our own investigation of the facts. So our own guy, Representative Jim Banks from Indiana. Jim Jordan, of course, should be on a commission like this. No doubt about it. But Jim Banks, she just, no, no, we don't like those guys on the commission. You know why Nancy Pelosi doesn't want Jim Jordan and Jim Banks on the commission? Because they're damn good at their job. That's why she doesn't want them there. She knows they're fighters, they're smart, and they're effective. And they're going to dig up a bunch of stuff that Nancy Pelosi doesn't want dug up. That's why she doesn't want them there. She only wants people that she can manipulate, possibly railroad a little bit. People are pliable, right? Those two, not so much. Interesting stuff, right? And it does. It damages the credibility of the commission. Completely damages it. That, you, that the Republicans can't put their best and brightest on it? Not okay. All right, we've got still a ton of stuff to get to today. Uh, it's just a busy news cycle. What can I tell you? So we're going to go ahead and do that here. Uh, still coming up. We've got one more hour left on the show. Head over to rumble.com slash Casey, the host. A lot of people have been hanging out with us today. We do appreciate that. Please hit the subscribe button. All right. And when we get to 1,000 subscribers, we'll do a giveaway, which includes an Amazon gift card and a special project from Silver Fox Art. All right. Rumble.com slash Casey, the host. 